today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. I want life. I don't want death. Jesus said this, you guys. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was very clear that He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. If you want to experience life, goodness, and happiness, and joy, it rests in Jesus. It doesn't rest in this world. It's very clear, right? If you want life, Jesus says, you can only have life through me. God gives each of us a choice. In the book of Judges, we read that every man did what was right in their own eyes. They didn't make the right choice. They followed some other way that wasn't the way God had laid out for them. Pastor Eric will go into detail and show how dangerous it is to go our own way and not obey God. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 10, for today's study. Judges, chapter 10, I titled the message, Tough Love. Tough love. What is tough love? Tough love. Well, tough love is love that is firm, often given in sternness, right? Uh, Tough love is given with a hope that a person or person's eyes would be open so that they could see that they are in need of a change in their life. Now, have you ever been involved with tough love? Have you ever been the one giving tough love? Yeah. I think we've all been in situations right in our lives. Guys, tough love is often the last resort. It's the last resort because it's hard to turn away from the ones you love. It's hard to watch them go down the path that leads them to destruction, isn't it? It's hard to see them making bad decisions, decisions that are taking them deeper and deeper uh, in sin. It's hard to let that, to, to, to see that, to be a part of that. It's hard. And oftentimes, you guys, we try to save the people, do we not? Do we try to do everything in our power to save them? Like we give them opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Please just get a, just get it. Let me, let me just grab your heart and you just get what is right. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had that passion for the loved one or one of your friends that you just want them to get it? Grab them by the head and just start shaking them. Does it work? No. Because here's the fact. You and I cannot save them. You and I cannot save them. And as a pastor, you guys, something amazing is going on in my life because I was struggling with this, uh, this word, save. Because I wanted to save people. But I can't save people. I can't fix their problems. And you can't fix their problems. Jesus Christ is the only one. Jesus is the only one that can fix them. He's the only one that can save them. But guess what you get to do? Guess what you guys get to do? Guess what I get to do? We get to pray for them. We get to pray for them that God would soften their hearts, that they would turn to the throne of grace. We can take them to the throne of grace, but you know what? It's in a sense we take them there, and then we, we say, here it is, and then we run outside and stand by the door and like, wait, like, are they going to get it? Are they going to get it? Because it's a conversation between them and God that needs to take place. But we get to pour into them. We get to show them God's word. We get to take them to the throne of grace. 
and show them Jesus. Show them the one who has taken their place. Show them that person, Almighty God, Jesus Christ. If that doesn't bring a smile to our faces, I think we need to check our hearts because we get to take people to Jesus and then let him minister to them. Let him save them. Because he is the only one who can pull our loved ones out of the pit of sin. He's the only one that can do this. Well, this is hard. This is hard, but you know what? It's hard to give tough love. It's hard to just turn them over to God. And God understands this. God understands it's hard. Because in Judges chapter 10, he does tough love to the children of Israel. He knows the pain. He knows what it feels like with one he loves falling into sin. You're not alone. He knows how that feels. Here in our chapter tonight, we will see that God performed tough love with the children of Israel, like I said. And God in this chapter will say, no more to the children of Israel. No more. <laughs> I've had enough. And the message would say, if you need help, then you need to change. If you need help, you need to change yourself. Well, with that change brings compassion, though. And we see the compassion of God turning back to his people when they turn to him. We see the compassion of God in a time of need. I say praise God for that. Because there's many times in our lives where we're in a time of need and we need the compassion of Jesus Christ. So let's start in chapter 10 verses 1 through 5. After Abimelech there arose to save Israel, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Ishakar, and he dwelt in Shamir in the mountains of Ephraim. He judged Israel 23 years, and he died and was buried in Shamir. After him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and he judged Israel 22 years. Now he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns which are called Havoth Jair to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried in Cainon. Here we see Abimelech is dead. And we learned about Abimelech two weeks ago. But the Lord over the time raised up two more judges, two more judges that we don't have a lot of information about, do we? It just says that there was Tola, right? And he judged Israel for 23 years. Then he died. Then we were told of Jair, a Gileadite, and he, he had 30 sons, they had 30 donkeys, they had 30 towns. But not much else is given uh, except for that he judged Israel for 22 years. But now continuing in verses 6 through 9, we see though that after these two judges, Israel slid back into a sinful lifestyle. So let's pick up in verses 6 through 9. It says, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtros, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. 
and all the children of Israel who were, who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin, and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. So here we see, after the two judges, Tola and Jair, are dead, what does Israel do? They fall back into sin. It's called backsliding. Have you guys ever done that? We could be honest. I've backslidden. I've fallen away from the Lord. And here Israel has fallen away from the Lord. In fact, you guys, they fell so hard. Did you catch it? They served seven different gods. Seven different gods. And they forsook the one true living God. They were serving the little G, seven of them, and forsook the big G, the one and only G. <laughs> That's my gangster, right? The only G, right? God. <laughs> man, they fell hard, man. They forsook God and did not serve him. And the crazy thing is, is that they did it in his sight. God saw every single move. Now, if picture this, if you're a parent uh, or grandparent, doesn't it hurt you when you see your children like, like sin and do wrong right in front of you? How does it make you feel? Well, here in our text, it made God angry. And, and the word hot in the Jewish text, it says that God's anger blazed against Israel. Think about that. Blazed. A fire blazing. That's how angry he was. Because he was very clear, was he not, in, the, in, 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 the, in his law to do what? To serve him alone. Was he clear about that? Yeah, he was. And here Israel forsook him. They did not serve him. They did all this in the sight of the Lord. And he was angry. And the result of God's anger is that he let Israel follow their wicked desires. He let them go. He let them go into bondage. He let them go into difficulty. He let them go into pain and suffering. Now, parents, I can't relate to you here yet, but those of you who have adult children, okay, adult children, like you, <laughs> you work with them, you minister to them, but they keep messing up and screwing up. And, and, and for instance, they, they just... They do something, and then they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this, I will change. I will change, I promise I will change. You don't need to bail me out anymore, okay? I promise I'll change. Okay, son, daughter, it's fine. You know, we'll clean out the bedroom, you can stay here. You know, it's fine, we'll pay for your meals. It's only for a short time, it's fine. And then guess what? They go and do it again. They keep doing this. They keep doing wickedness. Now, they know what is right and wrong, correct? They know what's right and wrong. My nine-year-old son knows what's right and wrong, okay? I would even go to the extent that my five-year-old knows. Even my one-and-a-half-year-old knows. Because he can say this, and he can say this, right? <laughs> he can't say anything else, except for, uh But children know what is right and wrong. They choose to do wrong. They get hurt. They experience what? Remorse. They're sorry. They're sorry. 
And as, you, as their parents, you're there for your children. You're there. You bail them out. You're there to pick them up out of, the, out of the ashes. You're there to dust them off because why? You love them so very much. Same thing with God. He loves the children of Israel so very much and he's been there. And we've learned that he's been there through the study of Judges. And even in Joshua, all the way back to the beginning, God has been there for his people. Has he not? He's taken them over the Red Sea. He's taken them out of Egypt. He took them over the Jordan River. He, he took them into uh, to Jericho and defeated Jericho for them. If that's not love, I don't know what is. He cherishes these people. He loves them. He loves them so much. But here in Judges, especially the book of Judges, we see that the children of Israel keep going back and doing evil in the sight of the Lord. They keep going back. They keep falling. And as over the time, your child keeps messing up. They say they're sorry, but they're not. Because if they were sorry, there would be a change in the heart. Correct? I can say I'm sorry until I'm blue in the face. But if I don't change, am I really sorry? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I often tell my kids, they say, sorry, Dad. Okay, are you sorry or are you sorry you got caught? Israel, are you sorry? Are you truly sorry? Or are you sorry that you got caught? Because in verse 10, you guys, check out what it says. It says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals, the false gods, right? So Israel was well aware of doing wrong. They, were, they, were, they knew what they did was wrong. They said, We sinned against you. There is the, I'm sorry. We sinned against you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the little boy who called, cried wolf. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> no, there's not. All right. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> no, there's not. You've got to be honest with me, son. When the wolf's coming, I want to come and help you. Okay. There's a wolf coming. <gasps> there's no wolf. Now, you've got to stop doing this because I want to sleep, right? God never sleeps, praise God. But get the point. Israel, through the years, have said to God, we're sorry, come bail us out, right? Come fix us, come help us. We messed up, please come. Come, God. Like They're like the, the boy who cried wolf. But there's a point in a parent's life when you say, I'm done. You want this life, then go. You want to live this lifestyle, then go. And that's got to be the hardest phrase a parent could ever say. Because you know what's at the end of that result. Destruction, disaster, pain, suffering. And no parent wants to see their kids go through that. I pray that I never have to tell my children, if you want to live that lifestyle, then you're going to have to do it. Because I'm not going to support it anymore. I'm not going to continue. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, bail you out because you are not willing to change. If there was any, even a, a glimpse of a heart that wants to change, I'd be there for you. But you have no remorse. You continue in your ways. 
So God does the same thing with Israel, you guys. Because check it out, in verse 11, he says this. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the people of Ammon, and from the Philistines? Also the Sidonites, and the Amalekites, and the Moanites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and serve other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. That's a pretty intense conversation, isn't it? It's an intense conversation that we see God having with the children of Israel. He's like, if you want to go serve those false gods, then you go. You go. It's because here's the cool thing about God. And many of you might be thinking, well, if God's such a loving God, then why is he giving them a choice? Well, because God is a loving God, he does give them a choice. God is not there forcing himself down anybody's throat. He's not pushing them. He's not taking his Bible and browbeating anybody, right? No, that's not how our God works. God is a relational God, and He wants to have that personal relationship with you. He wants it to be genuine, honest, like this is for real. This isn't playing around. This isn't church games. This is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. He's real. It's not just a picture of Jesus in your Bible. Jesus is alive, and He's real. And He wants to have that relationship with us. And so He gives us this, this choice. God doesn't make us, to, make us serve him. He wants us to serve him, but he doesn't make us do anything. He could, couldn't he? He could. But would that really show that he wants relationship with us if he made us? No. It would show us that he wants to be a dictator and put his thumb on you and I. Guys, God doesn't roll that way. He doesn't roll where he... He pushes you to love him. He doesn't push you to serve him. He wants you to choose him. He wants you to love him because he loves you so much. He wants to give you the opportunity. He has given you the opportunity. He has given you the opportunity and the ability to choose him. Did you know that you have that opportunity? Did you know you have that ability to choose God? Yeah? We have that choice. So in a result of having a choice, God lets us go see if the grass is greener on the other side. Ever wondered what the grass looked like if you lived in the world? Ever thought about it? Maybe you've already experienced it. Maybe you could tell me and you could tell others, hey, really, the grass is only green for maybe three feet, and after that it's desert. It looks green. It looks wonderful. There's vegetation right there in the front. There's plenty of fruit trees. Oh, but you get beyond that first tree, and it's completely desert, and there's death. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And by God's grace, he allows you and I to see life outside of him. It's by his grace alone. By His grace, He allows us to see what life would be like outside of Him. And the idea behind this of seeing that life, seeing that emptiness, it would hopefully bring us to repentance. 
repentance of coming back to Jesus and saying, I don't want that life. I don't want it. I want life. I don't want death. Jesus said this, you guys. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was very clear that he is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. If you want to experience life, goodness, and happiness, and joy, it rests in Jesus. It doesn't rest in this world. It's very clear, right? If you want life, Jesus says, you can only have life through me. We go in the world, we go cross over, the, we, we, I was going to hop over this thing, but we're going to hop over that, that, that fence, right? We're going to hop over the fence of the world, and we're like, yeah, this is awesome, man. This is like Disneyland. Everything is here, right here. This is great. Ha, this back over here is just grass, green, you know? <laughs> and then you go through the trees, and then you start to become hungry because there's no food to eat. Then you start to thirst because you're in a desert, but Jesus said this in the Bible, you guys. He said this in John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. You want to be filled? You want to be never thirsty? Where does it lie? With Jesus. With Jesus Christ. Sometimes experiencing death makes you love life. Think about that. Experiencing death, experiencing the things of this world, eventually it's going to make you want to love life unless your heart's hard and, and don't want to go that way. Are you dead in sin? Are you dead in sin tonight? Because if you are, there's hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus is right there by that gate saying, come in this way. I love you. Come. Hey, come. My grace is sufficient. Come. Come on. Come back home. And Jesus is there. He's looking. He's out there searching for us. But are we willing to be found? Guys, we can have life Israel could have life. The choice is ours. A loving God gives us a choice. What do we do with that choice? Well, as they were crying out to God, and God says, I'm done. I'm no longer going to deliver you. Go cry out to those gods that you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of distress. Go to them. Let them take care of you. God's heart had been hurting as his children were being disobedient, not falling and living for him and serving him. But you know what they said in verse 15? They said, and the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Again, they said it again. We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and serve the Lord. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. 
Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Judges. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at www.gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and like to visit us. We would also like to encourage you to prayerfully consider donating to Grace to the Hearers. We are continuing to expand our outreach. A secure way to give is provided at gracetothehearers.com. Click on the Donate button. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel, Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. 